Welcome back, Clone Dance Partiers. Uh, we have a different show for you today. Liz and Matt are both off. Uh, Matt had a, a previous obligation out of town, and Liz is a little under the weather. I'm Lynette. I'm Janice. And I'm Nukejoss, sort of. Yay, Nutty's with us tonight. <laughs> Yay. Yay. And we sorta. don't have Matt to sing his Nutty, uh, nutty song. No. No, I, my theme song is lacking. You'll have to take yeah. another episode and edit it in right here. Nutty new chas. Yes, I'm so jealous. You've got your own theme song. I don't even know why that started, but it did start on Hooplecast, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's kind of fun. <laughs> it is. It is. So we are and you on- don't even have to be on the on the podcast if we just mentioned it. Yep, it, it, there it goes. And and yep. the really fun thing is when it happens on shows that aren't his. So he was guesting on the Defenders podcast, and I sent in feedback, and he started singing, and everyone was like, "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll certainly miss the both of them tonight. Absolutely. Uh, we are on the final season, season five, episode four, Let the Children and Child Bears Toil. And that comes from a piece of the uh, thing. What is it called? Somebody's poem, right? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't remember. It. Hold on. I'm going to have to like clean this up. Here we go. All right. And that is from uh, author Ella... Ella Wheeler Wilcox, uh, and it is actually numbered 1695, and that comes from a piece in that, uh, that it's a, actually like a quote, and the part that comes from it says, may criticize oppression and condemn the lawlessness of wealth-protecting laws that let the children and childbearers toil to purchase ease for idle millionaires. So basically, making a lot of money off of hard work and labor of children and women, mm. right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we'll start. What it, Janice, what did you think of this one? Um, well, it was another one that was I thought was disappointing. Um, it was all over the place, um, reintroducing characters. It, it, I'm, just, I'm kind of just tired of trying to figure out who's in charge and you know, this has been going on for season after season. It's um, it's one of the better episodes of this season, but that's not saying much. Uh, we've had four episodes, and I guess it's my second favorite. But I've recently, uh, due to a power outage, uh, I started watching season one again. And dang, is season one a good season. And so I'm really disappointed by season five so far. Uh, yeah. But there were some fun things in this episode, for sure. Yeah, it still felt like a whole bunch of setup and like the eliminating characters. Like they're going to send Felix off to Switzerland, so we're not going to see Felix for a while. And oh, we better see some of him, though. Oh, I better. Yeah, I better. I hope they're not like eliminating them one by one. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was okay. I I enjoyed the whole thing with Mrs. S and Sarah. Quite a bit, and I'm glad I got to see Helena. That made me happy. So, yeah. And we learned a little bit more about mud and mm. what whoever or whatever is in the in the forest. And we finally got an answer about Felix's sister. Yeah, yeah. So Mrs. S trusted her enough to call her, and she's an embezzler, right? Yep. Yep. I thought that was all lies until we saw them in Mrs. S's uh, sitting room. Yeah. I thought that she was completely lying and she was sent there by Dyad. Really? Huh. Yeah, I really did. Because she didn't offer information. She said, S told me everything. And then she said, clones, yeesh. Okay, so that's stuff she could get from Dyad. And then she knew Kira was there. Well, that's something she could get from Dyad. And I was convinced, absolutely convinced that she was there from Dyad. And then we see her sit and she was getting all the information she could. And then the next scene we saw, I was like, oh, no, I, I, I guess we can trust her. Yeah, huh. It just seems like out of nowhere that Mrs. S would even know that she could trust her. But I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that is being 
I think just kind of very convenient in this whole all so far in all the episodes. So yeah, I feel I'm almost feeling like they're just punching the clock. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're kind of I... kind of disappointing. I was expecting more, but. No. All then, except for last week's episode, the Allison episode, none of these episodes have felt like self-contained episodes. They've all felt like, uh, you know, the soap opera model where it's just the story going. Yeah. And in previous seasons, we've had whole episodes that there was a theme to the full episode. And I'm I'm missing that. Yeah. And the only thing only theme I got really out of this is, you know, it's supposed to be about teamwork, I think. But the only thing is, I go, you know, is about Sarah and Mrs. S working so well together. That's all I got, really. That's well, the there's some, I... there's a mother and daughter theme, and daughters rebelling against mothers. Yeah, you've got Kira rebelling against Sarah. Um, Sarah, you know, somewhat rebelling against Mrs. S, but maybe you know that's more in the past. They're kind of working together a little bit together. Um, they certainly had this rapport. I mean, it was interesting. You think I kind of, you know, you think I thought of Sarah as, um, kind of, um, learning her street smarts on her own, kind of in rebellion against Mrs. S, but you kind of get the feeling that Mrs. S was the one who taught her all that stuff. I know. Uh, yeah. They, like when we get to see them do a, a, a grift together. Yeah. I know, it's like they fell right into it. They didn't even talk about it, nothing. She right. Just, they just went right for it. And it's like they had done yeah. it a million times, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I I really think that that's exactly what happened. You know, S trained uh, Felix and Sarah. And that that's where they got their con skills from. And that was actually quite possibly one of the best scenes because they just fell right into it. They're in the middle of an argument and then they go into a fake argument and then they work out so well that, you know, I mean, it is just flawless. There's never a question. There's never a, a flinch. I mean, even when she's digging through her purse, looking for her business cards, um, S doesn't freak out or anything. No. And everything just happens so smoothly. And you really believe uh, the backstory of Sarah being this fantastic con artist, and you think back to season one when she's pretending to be Beth, yeah, of course she can. And yeah. I mean, we see S do what Sarah did in season one with Beth, where she's mimicking the accent, and yeah. she's figuring out the accent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was beautiful. Yeah, that really did, you know, kind of kind of clear up that whole thing of how to... How, Sarah was so much able to do that fairly quickly. Well, Mrs. S probably taught her how to do that, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. I really liked that scene. I really did. Yes, I did too. It's one of my favorites. The, I didn't care for any of the Susan and PT stuff or, or even Susan and, and Ira, but I don't find Susan that interesting. So I think that's why. I don't know. Yeah. She's not that interesting. I don't like her, and I don't. I don't like any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. I. I just feel like there's so much more that they're giving us here. It's like this is the last season. Yeah. It. It. it, it just. Just. Just give us something interesting. Give us something compelling. Uh. I don't know. I just don't care so much about the. Uh, the backstories of all these new people. Um, and I don't know, I haven't looked it up, but the actor that's playing PT, I feel like it's a younger actor in old man makeup. It could be an old person, but it just, something about him doesn't look right. So I can't help but in the back of my head think, oh, they're going to young him up and and he's going to find this fountain of youth that he keeps talking about. Uh, you know, I thought about that, too. I thought about that he's going to become younger, but I didn't think about it because of his face or anything. But I I had feeling that's what they're looking for is so they can look younger, you know. Yeah. So. But I'm not all that interested in it. I want I want this to get focused on how, you know, our clones are going to be safe and how Kira, you know, is super kid and. It's going to be safe. 
I mean, you know, they may be setting up for for comics. For all I know, that's why they're doing this. You know, they do that, right? Yeah, but I hope not. I hope not because that's kind of give like... me give me the story in the show and make the comment comics the next step, but don't use the show to build the comics. I hope that is what they're doing. So, like Buffy season eight worked because they finished telling the story. Yeah. Exactly. And they got to do the comics and they had more to say, but they didn't make you like wonder, oh, I wonder what happens next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I hope they're not going to leave us like streams like that and say, oh, go buy the comics because that's not nice. That's not yeah. a good thing to do. All right. What else happened? Besides, oh, what about Mud and the, the freaky person that it was a mistake? Oh, yeah, that's uh, an interesting story there. Um, For a while, I was thinking it was like Mud's twin or something. But no, if this if this person, because I'm going to say it's a person, obviously, it's a person. Uh, If this person has been around since before Lita and Castor, um, you know, this is an older person. And uh, this is not likely. I don't think Mud is you know, just looks young and, and has been living for a while, uh, but is likely someone that, uh, you know, Mud befriended him would take care of and is still trying to take care of. Right. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it is, is they've, they've been out there. They escaped a long time ago or they just live down in the basement and get out whenever they want or whatever. And, um, oh, you know, they probably had him locked in the basement and then he escaped, right? That's what I'm thinking happened. Like yeah. Mud used to go down and take care of them, and then they got out, and so now Mud's taking food out to the woods. Right, food and blankets and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah. they care about them, so I'm not hating on Mud as much as I used to. But I felt really bad for Mud in this episode. Yeah, I really did. I don't, I don't know. There was something compelling about her. Um, I really feel like she's as trapped as everyone else. Um, I think we're going to learn that Percival is a creepy, creepy dude because everybody with a name like Percival is. Um, (laughs) uh, But uh, no, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that he's a creepy dude and he's using everyone as his puppets. And um, I think we're going to see quite a bit of that. But I think that mud has basically just been used as like, uh, a serving person to him. Yeah, you think she and... kind of like has Stockholm syndrome or something? Yeah, yeah, and um, you know she's the one that is giving him the dialysis that's keeping him alive. You know she's running the machines and stuff, but I don't think, but she's not developing any of the technology. She's just somebody that's she's doing the, work- the things for yeah, him. She's yeah, she's the workhorse. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I. Uh, you know, as much as I, I put down this episode, they did do a lot of things right, you know, and Mud is one of those where I'm feeling sympathetic for her, and I kind of want to say, Cosima, go a little easier on her. Yeah. Um, Actually, but I, also... I thought, I thought Cosima, that was one of the things, yeah. I, I don't didn't particularly like Mud, but one yeah. of the things that, that made me like her a little bit was Cosima's, um, when they're t- having that talk in, like, the food tent, Cosima really does look concerned. Oh, I was she really, does, yeah. I was really impressed by um, Tatiana Maslany's acting there because there, yeah. just, there is just this real depth of feeling, mm-hmm. um, just concern about, about mud and, and what was, you know, just tell me, tell me the truth. Um, she just had this sense that mud was like holding something and it was, it was difficult for her. Yeah, yeah she and- was really struggling. And from Mud's perspective, I really feel like Mud is concerned for uh, the person that's out there. Yeah. Like, she's afraid of something happening to that person. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right about Percival. I think he is a pervert. Because, you know, Susan says to him, and he says, I still have a dirty mind or something like that. Right. So, I don't know what his dirty mind goes about, but I don't want to (laughs) know. Well, if he's too dirty for Susan, um, yeah, yeah. Although again, I feel, I I feel so sorry for Ira. I don't know why, but I do. 
He's so sad. Um, but uh, uh, the I'm trying to remember. I had a thought. I'm sorry. Mud, Cosima. Oh, yes. When um, the episode starts out with uh, uh, Charlotte and the young girl with cancer, they're visiting the pigs, and then they find out that Daisy is missing, and the latch is open, and the, and the pig is gone. At first, you're like, I, I was thinking, well, kids, they ate the pig. But no, the, the pig got out, and it reminds me, a friend of mine uh, has been living on a farm, and uh, according to him, pigs are uh, swear words I don't say on podcasts. Uh, and they do that all the time. They are notorious for getting out of their pens because they are very smart animals. And it's so coincidental that, you know, what they found was the creature or the person, but it's because the pig got out because mud's been leaving food out in the woods. It attracted the pig. And, mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, you know what? That's actually not far fetched. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And I agree. I had, a, I had a friend who had pigs and it's like, at least a couple times a week, one of them would escape. It was just always, you know, and they'd be yeah. off, off and running, you know. <laughs> yeah, electrified fence or not, they get out. Yeah, they do. They do. So, yeah. So, who do you think Mrs. S's source is in the, in the Neolution? Oh, it's Delphine. We know this. Has to be oh, because Delphine. of Delphine uh, visiting her a couple episodes yeah. ago? Oh, Okay. Okay. All right. That's and and that's the thing that was like interesting after I watched last week's episode. I was like, you know, we didn't see anything about Delphine. So we're gonna have to see something about her next week. And I was like, Oh, this is where all this information's coming from. Uh hmm. Hellwizard well, didn't put this together. I did not put that together and that's so obvious. I'm s I don't I did not even think of that. I was thinking, I wonder if Mud is feeding Mrs. S information that yeah, I don't think that's supposed to be happening. <laughs> yeah, I can't I yeah, I can't see Mud doing that. But how is it that Delphine would know that? She's been playing the game and hiding out for all this time. I don't know. Okay. How did she end up in Canada? When she was supposed to be somewhere across the world. That's Sardinia. True. Yeah. Sardinia, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's interesting. I really enjoyed uh the whole con. Uh I was not expecting Virginia Cody. Oh, no, that's the last person. No, not at all. Yeah. I, I had other thoughts who it would be, but it was not Virginia. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be her either. I this is, this is how much that, that season affected me, that it took me like five minutes before I remembered who she was. <laughs> I recognized the face. I knew she had been in the series, but I said Cody, <laughs> but I was like, who's Cody? What did that? Oh, yeah, the casters. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's sad that I didn't even remember that. I, no, no because it was like I a whole that season. season not to happen. Right. Yeah, I didn't remember either right away either, so Janice, I was. I had to go. Who's Cody? <laughs> I mean, I recognized her face, but I didn't know who she was. So right. my reaction was, "Oh man, it's Cody." <laughs> now, how, did Cody survive? I mean, didn't or did we not well, see her dead? Saw, I mean, we never saw her dead body. I we mean, never saw yeah. her dead body. She was just part of the explosion, but apparently, apparently, she wasn't. She survived. She killed. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cody and Susan Duncan were working on the person in the woods before uh, before Lita and Castor. They disagreed with how to unlock the genome, which just sounds like they were abusing this person. Yes. Sounds a lot like, you know, the experimentation that they used to make Deadpool. Uh, and, uh, Deadpool, yay. In, oh. <laughs> in Marvel, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, are we supposed to be sympathetic to Susan or Cody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But and, I and you know, Susan says I we, we have the same, you know, PT and I have the same goal, the same outcome. We just differ on how we want to go about doing that. And so I don't know if Susan means she's a nicer person or a worse person. <laughs> you know? I I I think it's like frying pan and fire kind yeah. of a situation, you know? It's like well, well I at think least I'm not as bad thinks, as she is. Yeah, she thinks she's better. Uh, you know, whether she is or not. Is up, you know, is yeah, you're right, questionable, but she thinks she's better. Yeah, Cody's methods, I'd say, are more overt, Mm -hmm. 
And Susan's methods are more um, s- subvertive, but yeah. they're still bad. You know, it's like it's like y- you could be bad to a person and you could do it honestly and out in the open or you could do it from behind a curtain and not get your hands wet. But you're still messing up a person. Yeah. You're still doing something to them, probably without their consent. It's not good. Yeah. And you know and, there could be an issue, so. So I think the squibbling over means is, no, you're both bad people. Yeah, and they you're are. Your subjects as things and subjects and not as people. Yeah. And that's, that's the big problem that they don't seem to understand, is that they're messing with people's lives. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But Cody's got Sarah's badge. So she's going to get out. Yeah. And she's going to be a danger. Yeah, she's going to kill people. <laughs> she's going to do something really, really bad. I think Kasima must be feeling better. Did you see her running all over the woods and everything? Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and Charlotte's getting better because we saw her with the, the breath uh, measuring thing. Yeah, and then she I was... I couldn't pass today. And she was walking around the pig pen and everything else pretty much at ease. I mean, not as much effort as usual. So, Yeah, she still has a little bit of a limp, but I think it's less pronounced So, than it had been when we first met meet her. Right. Well, she's yeah. still yeah. using the brace, but she, she can move around a bit in it. Right. Um, and, uh, and she wasn't as bad as Cosima, but, you know, when, you, when Cosima was measuring her lungs, she could tell... Oh, see, you're getting better, right. which is good. You know, the cure works. Right. And that's what we need. Yeah. So do we want to talk about Helena a little? Let's talk about Helena. <laughs> I loved everything about that scene. Yeah. I love that it gave context to the flashes Sarah was getting in the first episode. That it wasn't just her thinking about Kira, but Kira was sensing her. Yes. And that was the connection. Yeah, because I was assuming that first episode, she she was just remembering Kira, to, like, you know how some people will do to get through right. things. But here we find out there was actually, Kira was actually doing it. So that yeah. would mean Kira was totally aware of what was going on with her, which is, you know... Do you, do you, I don't know that I think she knew what was going on. I mean, the the actual, she may yeah, have I don't think she, she was in trouble, but I don't know that yeah. she knew exactly what was happening. I think she could feel her mom's emotions. Yeah. And I think, I think Kira's connection is she can feel everyone and she feels their emotions, which is why dealing with the you can't trust Rachel thing is difficult for Kira because she feels Rachel's emotions. Her oh, Rachel's yeah. emotions and her actions are two separate things. Yeah, you're right. So maybe for Kira, them saying that is it kind of contradicts what she's feeling coming from from uh, Rachel. Yeah. Well, and and she's you know, I don't think she's completely decided on that. But so she was feeling her mother was in trouble, and she was feeling her mother slip from her connection. Because if Sarah's passing out and, and you know, going to start dying, you know, Kira's going to feel that. And she somehow found a way to send the connection back. Right. And that was cool. That was pretty cool. And I think that's going to be important later. Yeah. So that um, is, we did find out that really cool part of what it means to be Kira. So that's pretty neat. And I love seeing Helena and I love hearing about the, the one nun that protected her. <sighs> they so. took her tongue. They took her tongue out. <laughs> Poor Helena. But, uh, go ahead. Poor Helena growing up in that environment. Well, and I love how Helena's talking about, I cut myself every day until I found peace. Yeah. And I think that that speaks volumes. Yeah. Because Kira's not at peace right now. She really isn't. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, she cut herself to see how long it would take to heal. And, and you know, and, and 
you know, of course, Sarah flipped out and all of that. And, you know, I think that well, they're, I think they're right. They need to tell Kara more about what's going on. So. I agree with that. I didn't get the sense, though, that for Kira, it was an emotional thing. I thought it was really a scientific thing, you know, like it was very, you know, dispassionate. I'm going to try this and see what happens. Well, yeah. I she, agree. I think she feels, I think she feels one of the things that attracts her to Rachel is that Rachel, although I'm not sure how much Rachel really understands about the science, at least she's taking, she knows some, something about it and is taking it seriously. And Kira's not getting that from Sarah. Yeah. And Rachel's willing to tell her things. Right. I think the um, the lack of peace on and the thing that Kira's really upset about is she knows she's not normal and she knows there's something different about her and she wants answers. And everybody's in her life is like, no, 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 you're perfect. It's everything's fine. We'll just sweep it under the rug and puppies and unicorns for you. And she's like, no, I want to know why can I feel these people? Why right. do I heal yeah. the way that I do? And so while she's scientifically thinking, well, how fast can I heal? I think it's part of this um, this unending quest for her. Like she has this hole inside of her where I don't know why I am the way that I am. And I won't feel comfortable until I can understand that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I have to agree. It's I'm a different so hole than Helena, for sure. Mm. You know, one, she's not killing people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, poor Helena. Well, okay, yeah. Go ahead. What? No, I was thinking about, okay, who is it that has this special power? I mean, I guess it's not Helena that had the special power. It was her babies. So the one yeah. baby that was her two episodes ago healed quickly. Yes. So it's her and, baby son. It's Kira. It's yeah. not Helena or Sarah. Right. But Helena does, was able to sense a connection between her and Sarah, yeah. right. which is why she didn't kill her. Yeah. Right. And, and so it's interesting that Helena felt that before Sarah did. But yeah, that is interesting. But you know, I don't know. Maybe Sarah had more blockades going on. Who knows? Yeah, I yeah, I think it makes more sense because Sarah is is a much more defensive person. Yeah. Whereas Helena is like this open wound, and she is completely raw, and you know she was thinking of herself as this avenging angel, getting rid of these abominations. And you're not Beth. Yeah. You're different. You're different from every other person I've ever killed. And so she was actually more open to seeing a connection. Whereas Sarah, I mean, Sarah cuts everything off. I mean, Kira is sitting there telling her that she's feeling MK dying. And Sarah's like, no, 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 she's fine. Yeah. So I, I think Sarah has been closed off to feeling any of these connections. Good point. I am sorry you're not feeling well, Miss Nutty. You can hear it, can't you? You sound like you have a cold. I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we talked about Felix, and he's going off to Switzerland. Yes. So, do you you don't think that you're going to see any Switzerland? I hope I'm so. assuming we might. I hope so. I don't want him yeah. to just, Felix to just be off doing something, and you know. And not be seen again. I mean, they can make you know Canada look like Switzerland. <laughs> but they certainly can. I mean, there's there's a mountain or two in Canada. So, yeah. which uh, so what was it yesterday? Is 150th celebration? Oh, uh, it was Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Canada's 150. Yeah, 150 years since Confederation. Yep. Interesting. Uh, cool. Big deal. But, uh, yeah, there's lots of Canada that you can, and lots in just Ontario, that you can turn into pretty much anywhere. <laughs> uh, and um, I think, uh, where was it? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the locations, and um, there's, uh, like, the, the 
what's the name of the village? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, the village with the knee illusion that get people. Uh, revival? A revival, yeah. Revival, revival. yeah. I, I'm looking at this wiki, and I think it says that it's in Mississauga, which is, you know, like not even far from the city. Uh, they can make Switzerland for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. It's at Valley Halla, and it's the same location that they used for the Bird Watchers hangout in season two. I thought that because I think you you went for the bird watchers. You go up this long set of stairs. Yeah. And when I first saw that long set of stairs, I thought, oh, are they back at the bird watchers? Yep. Well, yeah. you know what? It does look like the bird watchers house, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just been dressed up all nice. Mm. Yeah. I was I was hoping for a confirmation, but I'm pretty sure that uh, the con happens at the Royal York Hotel, by the way. And uh, so that can be added to a location of Orphan Black that I've been to. Uh, I, you know, first time I was there was many, many years ago. And it's neat because the the trains go right into the hotel and you come up out of from the trains and then there's the hotel and the bar and everything. I was like, that's the Royal York. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Disneyland or Disney World has something like that, too, but. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so anyway, so it's not even Mississauga. I mean, that's like right in the Toronto area is where Revival is. Ah, okay. They didn't even go far. They can definitely make Switzerland. Yeah. It it all just looks like, it looks like the Pacific Northwest to me, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we covered Cosima. And there's no Allison this week. Nope. And we yeah. covered Sarah and Mrs. S. Um, well, let's go back to Helena for a minute. Why do you think she's writing her memoirs? Her memories. I'm writing just... my memories. Your memoirs? Her memories, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Why Why would she be doing that? Um, I could see her not sure if she's going to survive. Oh, Yeah. And maybe her kids will need something to know. Could be. Uh, we did get a translation of uh, some of them from last week, right, in the group. Hang on. Let me look it up. Uh, Harold, I think it was, gave us a translation of some of the things she was writing. Uh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Victor found it. Oh, okay. Thank you, Victor. Uh, she said, but they are their own people. I have no control over what form they will take, their health, the shapes of their noses, they are appeared so they will have it by chance, and they will be dot dot dot, my little miracles. They have to decide that horror I've been trying to figure out so long. How far have we have come? How long will this road takes? Question mark and all. Um, so it's it, it's it's a rough translation. But it's definitely she's thinking about her babies. That's pretty wonderful. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Victor. Yes, thanks, Victor. Okay. So she's worried about them. She says she thinks that Susan and PT will want to kill, or maybe it's Rachel, I can't remember, but want to kill her babies. I'm not sure that they will want to kill her, but I'll, they definitely want them. If they can grab her babies, right, they don't need yeah. And the fact that there's two of them, you know, it was the it was the mutation of the uh, twinning that made Helena and Sarah different from all the other clones. Mm-hmm. So the multiplication again in the next generation, who knows what it's going to do? Yeah. Well, OK, where did we find that they the babies twinned? I thought there were multiple um Oh, eggs! Interesting. Um, and, and, um, what was it called? Well, I don't know what the proper yeah, during word the is. insemination. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because they were they were not. She wasn't inseminated. Rather, it, that was IVF. She got right. Like yeah. she got in vitro. They were fertilized before being right. put in. Right. And I thought there was more than one from the beginning. 
That's interesting. So we don't know. They could be, oh, now, I don't know. All right, listeners, did we see two placentas or one placenta last year? Last, uh, yeah, last year when we had the sonogram. I, I don't know, but we should go look at those pictures. Yeah. That's our homework for the week, folks. Everybody go look at the sonograms, Helena's sonograms, and tell us if, there's, if it's fraternal or maternal. Yeah, because it could be either. It could be. I never even thought about that. But yeah, it could be a boy and a girl, mm-hmm. for all we know. Yeah. I do know that they really would want those babies because they're a lot easier to manipulate uh, than Kira, because Kira has a yeah. mind of her own already. Yep. You know, so, yeah. And if they can figure out a way to make it look like Helena died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially around childbirth. Yeah. I mean, that'd be very easy for them to keep. Wow. Now, you know, what? Sarah taking off and going to the convent, I don't think that was very wise because I, I think that she's being followed every step. But. Well, as said, they had, they, they had, because when they're in that, that hotel, before they see Dr. Perkins, as says, we weren't followed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's what she said, but I don't know. I don't know if I trust Mrs. S knows everything. So. Yeah, well, they don't think that they had been tailed, but we don't know. We really, I don't I think it was probably the best opportunity that Sarah had to go find her. Yeah, okay. And it does make sense, her reaction to uh, Donnie when Donnie tells her, because Sarah, I think Sarah goes, really? And when Do- and when Donnie's told, he also goes, really? There? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so did we get everything? Um, um, okay, well, let, what do we think um, P.T.'s and Susan's complicated history is? Uh, I don't know. Well, of course, we know they're scientific partners. They probably fooled around with each other. You know, not that I care about that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure there is a sexual history there at some point. But I don't know. Is that even it, the interesting part of what the relationship is? Because no, not yes. to me. Not to me. I wouldn't see. And this is this is kind of gross, but I, I I was dissuaded by for it by the end of the episode. But halfway through the episode, I'm like, is he her dad? Oh, which oh, what made I you think that? that? I don't know. I like I could see them doing that. They love making everybody family. I mean, well, ooh, that'd be awful because Susan is their egg mom, right? Is she? Well, well no. Oh, no. No. Uh, no, no. Siobhan's mom is their egg mom. Oh, that's right. Siobhan's mom is their egg mom. That's right. I don't yeah. know why I got that confused. But Susan's just Rachel's mother, stepmother. Mother. Yeah. yeah. Well, mom. mother, mother. Yeah. Fake mother, whatever. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, him being the dad, that would be weird. Yeah. It would be, but like I said, but when they started talking about sexual history, I'm like, I don't I don't think that they're going to go all Game of Thrones on us. Yeah. I don't know the <laughs> reference. I didn't watch the show, but... Oh. <laughs> Other people will know, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, the other question I had is there have they, uh, Susan and PT have this discussion at the end of the episode and he says, um, it, and she talks about Rachel, you know, and she, Rachel is your, you know, seems to be, she, she, she doesn't have much confidence in Rachel, but he says, but she gets results. I'm yeah. thinking, well, what results has she gotten? Okay, so what does uh, Rachel do to get results? Um, she took Susan down. Susan was in a position of power, and Rachel took Susan out of that position of power. 
and now made her at the will of PT and put PT back in charge. Okay. That's what she did. All right. Which, you know, I'm sorry. It's like, uh, yeah, now you're making her number two, which means she can also take you down PT, but okay. (laughs) Um, so I, according to a Reddit thread, um, Helena's carrying identical twins because when Donnie pointed out, he, Donnie pointed out to Allison that the babies are identical when he showed her the ultrasound picture. So there's that. And according to the comics, there may have been other twins, identical twins. So there, there seems to be a, a twin thing in that family. Thank you. So Helena may be identical twins. Thank you, Nettie. Okay. I guess no homework for you guys today, this week. So. Well, you know, if somebody can actually look at the ultrasound and tell us if it's right, that'd be cool, too. Yeah. Also, (laughs) wouldn't be the first time they got science wrong. (laughs) All Um, right. So did we cover everything? Are we missing anything? I think we got everything, right? I feel like we got everything. I like that when Kira sat for Felix and how she did everything that Sarah did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's everything. Yeah. All right. So let's go into our our favorite scene. Janice, what was your favorite scene? Um, I, my favorite scene was the scene where Cosima was talking to Mud. And Mud is saying, no, no, there's nothing in the woods. And Cosima is saying, no, there, there's something. And she's she's just really concerned. I just love that. There was just this expression of, of concern. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. How about you, Nettie? I'm going to pick uh, Sarah and S doing the con at the Royal York. Mm, that was a good one, too. That was just beautiful to me. Uh, yeah, I have to agree, and, and that's the one I picked, too, so I'm copying you. <laughs> well, if I had to have a backup, it would be Sarah and Helena, just because I love them together. But Yeah, yeah. me, too. Mm. Um, I also think this is the first time that we've ever really had, um, Sarah and S spend so much time together. I think you're right. Cause they spent almost the entire episode together. Yeah. Rather than just scenes here and there. Yep. All right. Janice, favorite clone and non-clone. Uh, well, I'll go with Cosima again because of her, her concern and her following mud. Um, sussing things out, um, non-clone. I guess this is S. Good, awesome, Nettie. Um, hmm. well, non-clone was easy. Uh, it was definitely going to be S for me. Uh, my favorite clone. Oh, I'm gonna say Helena because we haven't seen her. <laughs> I was. That's exactly why I was gonna say Helena because we've got to see her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I so it's either Helena or Cosima for my favorite clone, but I'm going to pick Mud as my favorite non-clone because we learned so much more about them and I'm a little more sympathetic to them. So All right. Yeah, I think that's true. I I think I do feel a lot more um sympathetic to Mud than I had in prior episodes. Yeah. yeah. She definitely. seemed she seemed a little bit less to have, you know, drunk the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah, she seems like she's surviving at this point. Right. Yes. I was really that whole scene. That whole scene where she's feeding him that ivy that really upset me because he was so condescending to her. You know. Yep. It was just awful. So. All right. Her name really is Mud at Revival. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Her name is Mud. Janice, favorite quote. Quote. Um. Okay, I'm gonna pick. Uh, uh, the, in the scene with uh, Sarah and Mrs. S in the bar, Sarah says, "Who's the mark?" And S says, "You tell me." <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it is. Uh, nutty. Oh man, uh, I don't know. You go first. All right, my one of my favorites was Felix Adele. There's a reason I didn't tell you. Oh, yeah, our life is hell, and our pe- people die regularly. 
our people regularly die violently. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I almost picked that one, but I, I didn't want to rewind and have to like, you know, <laughs> write it all down. <laughs> so um, I didn't but really it, remember. That's a good one. I didn't really remember um, a quote, so I'm just picking from things I've looked up. But um, I do like, you know, when Scott's like, where are you guys going? And Sarah's like, you think she tells me anything? Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty fun. Um, it was, it, yeah. I'm deciding on how I feel <laughs> about this episode. Yeah. All right. So, Janice, how would you rank this one? Um... Well, I don't know. I'm going to rate it a little bit higher than I was planning to. Because after talking to you, there were some good scenes. The scene, you know, Sarah and Mrs. S, especially in the bar. Um, Sarah with Helena. Um, I, liked, I said I like Cosima and Mud. So I'll give it um, six and a half out of ten missing pigs in the woods. Yeah. That's a good one. That's good. How about you, Nettie? Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, again, I'm not as impressed with this season as I have in season, seasons past. And I know that a lot of that is because I started rewatching season one, which is so amazing. Um, but, uh, even though this isn't my favorite episode, it's, uh, it had a lot of good scenes, you know, like Jenna said, it had a lot of good scenes that bring it up. So I'm going to give it, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll give it seven murderous Cody's out of ten. Very good. And, yeah, I'm so original. But, yeah, I for the same reasons, um, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed with this whole season. But as far as shows, this is probably second, the second one that I was appreciative of. So I'll, I'm going to give it seven out of ten. Clone experiments gone terribly wrong. Uh. <laughs> All right, Janice, do you have feedback for us? Yes, we have feedback. This is from Harold. To answer Matt's question, yes, I had mushrooms once over 30 years ago. <laughs> Haven't any of you? I have to say that the show's depiction of the effects of it on Allison seemed fairly accurate to me based on my limited sample size. A bit of tunnel vision, reaction time slowed, senses distorted, and mild hallucinatory visual effects like intense vibrations from colors. Two things from that night stand out to me. One, they tasted disgusting. I ate them plain. I had some other friends who once tried to cook them in soup to make them more edible. That only spread out the disgusting taste, and now they had more to eat than before. The things people will do to get high. Second, I was with a friend, and we went down the block to a little pizzeria near his apartment that had walls painted with faded yellow and green vertical stripes, and the colors had this electric intensity that was so oppressive to me in that condition that I had to leave. Not the greatest memories. Then again, I didn't have to deal with a clone showing up unannounced while I had company over. For the record, I don't do drugs anymore and haven't for a very long time. But even back when I did... I never had any desire to try them a second time. Thank you. um, Okay. And that, so that was kind of um, response to last week, but this is his comments about um, this week's episode. I really don't have a lot to say about this one. I feel like the season is moving slower than it's normal. Perhaps the return of Cody and Susan and, Oh, Perhaps the return of Cody and Susan and Ira's reunion will have implications in later episodes, but at the moment I'm not terribly interested in them, nor do I care much about the experiment that is roaming the woods near Revival. I did think the Helena and Sarah scene was nice, and I liked seeing both Sarah and Helena bonding and growing as people. I was surprised by how youthful Mud looked without her cap on. I started to wonder whether Mud is a teen, but then I IMDb'd the actress and she's 28. I guess she just has one of those faces. She's 28? 28? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm seriously shocked. <laughs> when Mrs. S told Sarah that she would recognize the patient's face, I was sure it was going to be another clone. I'm glad that Sarah exclaimed Cody because I had forgotten the character's name. 
Next time, Sarah, also remind us of the exact circumstances of what happened when we last saw her. I'm guessing being blown up by Paul, but a little expository dialogue there would save me a search on Wikipedia. Well, thank you, Harold, for your feedback. Thank you, Harold, very much. All right. Well, any, anything we'd like to add? Nettie, where can we find your wonderful you? Uh, you can find me, normally with a nicer voice, over at nimlas.org, N-I-M-L-A-S dot org, uh, where you can find the Nutty Bites podcast, where we uh, talk about awesome things in geek culture. And uh, we just wrapped up two episodes that will be coming out next month, uh, which is talking about nostalgia exploitation and strong female characters. And I just recently put out two episodes that were panels at Balticon, one about the series Ruby and one about women in the business. Awesome. Enjoy. Oh, and uh, next month or at the yeah at the end of this month, uh, Beyond the Wall is coming back for Game of Thrones. So check that out. Ooh, thank you. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Did I tell you that I'm going to uh, San Diego Comic Con again? I think you did. Yep. I'm gonna have a good time again. I know I am. Yeah. All right. Anything anybody would like to add at the moment? Nope. All nope. Right. All right. All right. I want to thank you, Clone Dance Partiers, for listening in. And wait, I got to find out what next week's. Yeah, next episode is on Saturday. That doesn't help me. Uh, ease for Idle Millionaires. All right. So next week's episode mm. is Ease for Idle Millionaires. And we look forward to talking with you, and everybody will be back by then. Bye. 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 Bye.